Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Yeah, sure, old-time hockey. Like it is sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, Boston Bruins fans. I'm Kurt Schmid, and you're listening to Believe in Boston Bruins on the Believe Podcast Network. We believe in Boston Bruins. Do you believe? On this week's episode, Taylor Hall is a Boston Bruin, and what will the lines look like? And joining me today is Lance Gill. How are you doing, Lance? Yes, sir. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing today? I'm really good. It's actually it's kind of fortuitous. This is good timing. It's fortuitous because... There's really nothing, you know, I'm, I'm, I got my Mets hoodie on and I was all set to watch game and they got rained out again. So. Oh, they got rained out? Yeah, they got rained out. They're going to play, but they're playing a straight doubleheader tomorrow. Two seven inning games, but hey, 410, I'm, I'm on board. I'll there you go. There you go. That's good. So what do you think about this whole Tyler Hall thing? I like it. Um, I think that... Um, it was something that I think the couple of times I've been on with you, I've mentioned before that it was something that I'd wished they'd done at the beginning of the season when he was out there. Yeah. Um, and they didn't get it done. So that the fact that they're getting a second chance now, I guarantee, I, I almost feel like if, it, if you, if you put this situation now, this is probably something both sides, they wish they could do over again. Yeah. Like that the Bruins had gotten it done at the beginning of the season. Cause I can, pretty much tell you that the way that things went in Buffalo was not what Hall had in mind when he went there. Oh, no, he didn't. No. And the thing so, is, the thing is that if you go back all the all the way, Hall originally wanted to be drafted by the Bruins. He did. And he wanted to be drafted here at the in the same year that Sagan was. Um, and he wanted to be here when he was a free agent. Yeah. And it didn't quite work out, so... Um, you know, one can draw their own, you know, if you want to go back, you know, you're talking about 10, 11 years now. Um, would you rather have drafted Hall or Sagan? I mean, Sagan got a cup his first year in the league. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and, and they probably wouldn't have won that cup without it. Um, but, and Hall's had a, an, un, you know, I look, I kind of looked at the stats of the three guys that they picked up. Yeah. Today. Um, and it's a recurring theme. There are three guys that have never played for decent teams. Yeah. Hall's never been on. I mean, the only year, of course, Hall, the only year Hall was on a good team was the year with the Devils when he won the heart. Yep. And that, that was a good team um, or a better team. But, you know, if you look at all three of those guys, Riley, um, Hall and 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 the and the what was the, the Curtis whatever is uh, his last name keeps me oh I can't Star remember or something like that uh something like um, uh oh I want to say Lazan or something like that something similar Lazar 
Yeah, Lazar. Lazar. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. yeah, I got his first name right because of you, so I couldn't mess that up. Yeah. But <laughs> the um, when I, I looked at their stats today, and they've never played in good teams. They've been in Ottawa. They've been in Ottawa. They've been in Calgary. They've been in Edmonton. Um, Riley played with Montreal when they were decent, but they've never they've never been on decent teams. So, you know, maybe the fact that they're coming to a team that is going to be, it should be in the playoffs um, and reinvigorates them and gets them going and they, and they find better parts of their games. Yeah. I think, I think Hall has a lot. I think he has something left. I think he's got something to prove because he's playing for a contract. Yep. And if, I think, and to a great, to a lesser extent, I think he even has designs on staying here, staying with the Bruins. Yeah. So if that's the case, he's got to go out there and do it. If he goes out there and he does it, everybody's going to be happy. Yeah. They, they gave up. They, this is a trade that has literally no downside for the Bruins at all. None. Absolutely none. At the wor- the worst case scenario is they traded for three, all three of these deals. But at the worst case scenario, they got three healthy bodies. Yeah. All right. And the only NHL player they lost in the whole mess was Bjork. And honestly, I'll leave it to your own to draw your own conclusions as to whether or not you can really consider him an NHL player. Uh, Um, No, I don't think so. He's not. At best, he'll be probably a, a fourth line, a fourth line player in Buffalo. The problem is, is he's got, he's got first line skating skills and fourth line puck handling. Yeah. He's a turnover machine. And, you know, I mean, he can blow by guys, but he, that's about all he's got. He doesn't have, you know, he, he was sort of like, I'm kind of glad that I sort of, and I said this to you, I liken him to Heinen, but he had a shorter leash than Heinen. He mustn't have had the blackmail material on Cassidy that Heinen had. True. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, but, um, yeah, I, I like these trades. Um, I, I like the fact that you're getting Paul's a big get. And I think that both sides are going to be happy with this. Um, you know, I, I, I can't complain about it. And, Sweeney, it, it's actually a pretty savvy move by Sweeney in terms of the fan base, too. Yeah. Because you can say, look, I went out and got somebody. Mm-hmm. I got, I, you know, I addressed the need and I didn't give up very much for it. Now, that's great. And, you know, but and if it backfires, nobody's going to really criticize him because he didn't give up much. And if it works out and they make a deep playoff run because of these moves, then he's going to look like a genius. Oh yeah. Now what about the line combinations? Who, where do you think he, well, he's going to fit in on that second line with Krejci, but do yeah. you move, do you move Pasternak down to the second line? No, 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 no. This, this changes the dynamic because the thing I've constantly harped on is if you shut down that top line, you don't, you, you beat them. Well, now you can put because the experiment of putting Pasternak down there with Krejci and all that. No, you're you're it hasn't worked out too well. I if you go and you put the top, this enables you to put the top line back together, and then you've got I'd go Richie Krejci Hall on the second line 
because I think those guys can play off of each other very well. Um, I think they, I think that Richie brings a little bit of the grind mentality to that line, but has some scoring, has some scoring skills. Mm-hmm. And he's a good passer and he can put the puck in the net. Um, you know, and, and not to mention the fact this should really help the power play. I mean, if you wanted to, you could put Bergeron, Pasternak, and Hall out there on the power play. Ooh, yeah. And you can have Krejci run the point like he used to on the power play. Yeah. That makes the power play a lot lethal, a lot more lethal. But I think what this does is it now gives – you now have to worry about two lines legitimately. Yeah. Because I do think that you will see that second line wake up a little bit. Um, you know, and then I think you, you know, for the third line, you know, you probably go Smith, Coyle, and DeBrusque. Yeah, I think he goes to the third line, and then your fourth line, I guess, would be Corrali, Fredrick, Corrali, Wagner, and Frederick. Yeah, which you live with. Um, I kind of hate to see Frederick get down to the fourth line because I think that he's got a bit more to offer than that. I'm kind of done with DeBrusque. So am I. I. I would I would almost put him down there and put Frederick up on the third if you could. Because of the fact, especially because of the fact he's shown that he plays well with Coyle and Smith. So, I mean, DeBrusque, it's a shame there wasn't more time on the deadline. They could have shopped him. Uh, yeah. I think they were at one point, and then somebody backed off. Yeah. Because there was talk about him possibly going to uh, Nashville for uh, really? for the, for the defense. I forget the defenseman's name, uh, Nicholas or something, something like that. But he was a defenseman in um, with um, Nashville. Speaking of defensemen. Before the deadline, and of course, I'm, you, you know, you, you hear all kind, hear and read all kinds of interesting things that are going to go down before the trades actually happen. There was talk; it was late Saturday, early Sunday, that there had been conversations between the Bruins and Devils about Subban. Yeah, no. Yeah, I, no, no. I and I think it's good that it didn't happen. Yeah. Because I and I mean and I could understand why things would go that way. If you if you're Sweeney and you're looking at the fact that your defense core is the biggest mash unit since Korea, um, you panic. You the, the risk the risk of panic and making a, a, a panic trade to get a healthy body on that is is there. Yeah. Um, and I just don't. I'm glad that it didn't happen, but I, I that was a bit of an eye opener when I when I read it. I mean, it doesn't sound like it. Obviously, it didn't go very far, but um, I, I don't think the fans would have liked that very much either. It's, there's no. I don't think there's a lot of love lost there with uh, with that particular player. Yeah, I wouldn't have liked it. I mean, um, even like thinking about last night's game with the Capitals. I mean, that was all on the defense. You know, because you had nobody. Yeah. Hey, look, you, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I was expecting to see Gary Galley out there. That's how oh. bad it was. You know, I mean, you know, 
I'm like, I, I think I texted you, where's John Roloff, John Gruden, and Darren Van Am when you need yeah. them, right? Yeah. One of the funniest heckles I ever heard at the Garden, by the way, this was back in the, when, when, when Roloff was playing. And, and unfortunately, Roloff was that era's Weidman. Anything that went wrong, they blamed on Roloff, right? And he was a bad, he was bad. Yeah, I I remember that. And this guy that was in the stands behind me had his stats down to a T. So we're we're at the game and he's like, he's just going off and he's letting Roloff have it. He's like, you know, he's like, how's it feel? How's it feel to get like zero minutes Roloff? And of course, couple of minutes later the other team scores a game with him on the ice and guy goes yeah and that's right now it's minus 16 roll off <laughs> it's yeah, just brutal oh that that's awesome yeah <laughs> yeah i mean he, he he i mean he was heckling the guy it was brutal because he he must have the, the the boston globe in that in that era used to publish on during the season i think it was on thursdays they would basically put all the stats on one page for the team for the whole team so like it had everything it had like shots minutes penalty. it was like a big stat it was basically nothing but a stat sheet and it was updated with everything from the previous week so you had the plus and minus right there for you to so this guy clearly read the paper that day and memorized roll off stats <laughs> that's epic. awesome absolutely epic you know because the main thing here is that the team has got to stay healthy the defense and you you need to go back that's one of the main things to really get a good playoff run going. Because he was the story in 2019 when they went to the cup finals. I mean, if they would have won that seventh game, I think he would have he would have walked away with the playoff MVP. Here's, uh, all right. This this is probably going to get me in a little bit of trouble, but, but I don't care. And you know me well enough. I'm not the Tuca hater that a lot of people are. Yeah. The guy... The guy is basically the best goaltender the franchise has ever had yep. by every measure of statistic. Okay. The only thing in, in the only, well, I mean, he has a cup because he was on the 11 team. He was the backup goaltender, but he hasn't led a team to a cup. I am not as concerned about him as I am about the defenseman. Yeah. Okay. I could, you, there's precedent for rookie goaltenders leading their teams on deep playoff runs. If they had to go with Swayman, Swayman, Vladar or or Halak Swayman or some combination of, of them into the playoffs, I could live with that. And I will cite somebody from recent history, Jordan Bennington. Yeah. A guy that came out of nowhere and basically put the team on his back and won a cup. Yep. It can happen. Well, the same thing went with uh, Patrick Roy back in 86, too. He was a rookie goaltender. Yep. Yep. I mean, you know, Mike Richter in 94. Yeah. I mean, he he was, you know, and and even Tim Thomas in 20. That team does not win a cup without Tim Thomas. Yep. The guy stood on his head in the playoffs. And like, yeah, you just, and, and you, when you watch, I remember even watching those, those series and watching him in the net, he was the most unorthodox goaltender that there was, but I would sit there and watch him. And I'm like, I have no doubt in my mind that he's going to make a save. 
Yeah. It's like I was that comfortable with it. You just knew that if there was a big save that needed to be made, he was going to get it. You know, I mean, notwithstanding everything else, he, he, he they don't win the cup without him. Yeah. Um, but I don't hate Rask. I don't think he deserves the hate that he gets. Um, you know, if you look at if you look around the league at the goaltenders, the starting goaltenders, is there anybody else you'd rather have? No. Is there anybody else that could come on this team and do a better job than him? No. There you go. Yeah. You know, he's, he's he he's you know. I'll I'll make a comparison to where he stands in 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 the fan base. He in in the in the eyes of the Bruins fan base is viewed the same way that Carlos Beltran is viewed by the Mets fan base. Carlos Beltran is remembered for the called third strike he took in 2006. Okay, with with guys on base. Okay, now. If you go and you look at every measurable stat during his time as a Met, you could make the argument and probably win it, by the way, that he was the best center fielder the franchise had in its entire history. Up there with Mookie Wilson, up there with Cleon, whatever you want to say. Okay. But the fans never embraced him. Yeah. And I think the same, the same holds true with Rask. I don't know what it is. I don't understand it. You know, if you want to, I mean, all right, he took the cup to the, he took the team to the, the cup final twice. Yep. Nobody was beating Chicago that year. You could have put the 89 Oilers on the ice against that team and they would have lost. Nobody was beating them. Game seven in 2019 against the Blues, the whole team neglected to show up. Yeah. They didn't, you don't, you know, he, he wasn't at his best, but they didn't score for him and they didn't play for him and they didn't have any, I mean, they didn't have anything left. They were done. They were done. And I don't think you put that on him. I, I don't, I just don't, I don't think you can put that, that particular game on him. Uh, so, you know, there, there are goaltenders in this league who couldn't even dream of taking their team to the final once, let alone twice. Twice. Yep. So to, you know, to, to sit there and hate on him now, do, am I concerned about it? I'm, I don't, I'm, I think this is it for him. Yeah. If, if his back is as bad as we're starting to think that it is, I don't know what you're going to get out of him. And, you know, it, it may be, I mean, it may be time to go to, to, to go with the, I, I, I don't want to see a lock anymore. He can get, he can have COVID for the rest of the season. As far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yep. No, I, I, I would go with Swayman, a Swayman Vladar for a couple of years or even, I like, or you even know what I like about Swayman is, you know, I, I haven't seen Swayman doesn't seem like anything phases it. No, you want that in a goaltender. And I think the other thing that makes Swayman more attractive is you don't have to expose him in the expansion draft. Yeah, that's right. Because he's basically a rookie. You get to protect first and second year pros, and that's exactly what he is. Vladar, so you, you the one that you have to leave unprotected. I don't know. Isn't there a third guy? Uh, Kyle Kaiser, 
I think. Or there's there's another one, Booth, in there too. Because you can't. I mean, Halak and 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 Rask are UFAs. Yeah. So they're off the board um, in terms of um, in terms of protection. So then you have to make a decision. You have to leave one of them unprotected, and you, you they just by the rules of the draft, Swayman is exempt. Yeah. So by if you go by the numbers game, you'd probably leave Ladar unprotect, unprotected because he's got more time as a pro. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'd go. I would. I'd go with Swayman, and you know, I, I think in terms of Rask, if, if he's got anything left, if he's healthy, if, he, if the back isn't that much of an issue. Then, then you hold on a second. Okay. You, you have to, um, I think you'd have to absolutely consider him as a mentor for whoever the younger guy is. Oh yeah. Yep. But no, that's a good idea. He's done. He's done. Yeah. And I'm worried about it. I am worried about it. Yeah. I, I don't, you know, he was supposed to have been able to play last night. Yeah. And he wasn't. Because Cassidy had said on Saturday he expected he could possibly play yesterday. Of course, I don't know. Maybe he took one line. He probably took one look at who was playing defense in front of him. And we're like, yeah, no, nah, I'll, 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 yeah, I'll, I'll sit out. I'll stay out for another night. I'll sit out this time. Yeah, because I think he's supposed to come back either. Thir- they're looking at maybe like Thursday or maybe maybe the weekend. So What's you might that late now. Yeah, you might be. You might see. You know, Swayman tomorrow night. Who knows. You know, we had, I haven't heard anything in terms of Mako. I mean, you've got to get at least one of those guys back now. Be it McAvoy, Brislick, uh, Miller, Miller, I think. Well, Miller, I thought there was, I don't think he was having an issue as much as it was they were trying to pace him with that knee. Yeah. Because he's played it, you know, the other night, here it is, he's coming back, he's supposedly off a bad knee, and he's playing 25 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I think he led the defense in minutes that game. So you probably need to manage that a little bit to, to kind of make sure he doesn't blow hurt it again. But yeah. they got to get one of these, they got to get some of these guys back. Cause I mean, you, you're going to go, if you go into the playoffs with Tenorti and Camper as a pairing, man, I just, <laughs> I don't need to tell you what that's going to look yeah, like. Yeah, no. We, we don't need that. We really don't need that right now. We just need everybody back healthy for a good run towards the playoffs and then into the playoffs. And then, you know, we'll take it from there and see how, how far they far along they get. Because yeah, my exactly. main concern, right? I mean, right now, the Philadelphia Flyers are like horrible since March, March 1st. Yeah, they've, been, they've, they've been really bad. And um, the Rangers have gotten hot. Yeah. They've heated up a bit, although they, I guess they blew one last night. Um, the Islanders are deadly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think the conventional wisdom says that the Eastern Conference would theoretically come down to probably them, some combination of them, um, Pittsburgh, Washington, and then maybe the Bruins. Yeah. I don't know, but. Um, the Islanders scare me and they scare me even more after that m- move that Lamorello pulled off. Oh yeah. I mean, those are his guys. Yes. So he knows what he's getting there. Yeah. Um, and 
all of a sudden, you know, you take a, a, a team that was really solid defensively and didn't give up a lot. And now you add a little scoring depth to it. And combine that with a good coach, a good, you know, Varlamov is a beast. Yeah. Especially when he's got guys like what he's got playing in front of him. Um, you know, I mean, look, I mean, I, I, I think I'd said this to you. I don't think, I think that when you look at everything that's been said and done over his career, Lamarillo probably goes down as one of the best executives the league has ever seen. Yeah. I mean, you know, props to him. I hate the devils, but he ran, on the other hand, you look at the way he runs an organization he doesn't, you know, every place he's gone has been better off for him being there. Yeah. Even the Leafs for the short time he was there. Yeah. He well, they, turned it around. Well, they pulled off. Wasn't that the same time that they got Tavares or not around the same time or something? I think it might've been. Might've been. I think it might've been. Or was it, they got, they got Tavares and then all of a sudden Limarillo went to, um, went to the Islanders or something like something like that happened around the same time he signed. Yeah. He signed one and then went to another and, but I mean, yeah, he, you know, and the thing that always makes me, cracks me up about him in this day and age, in this day and age where you've got reporters, Twitter, Facebook, this thing, that thing, the other thing, nobody knows what he's doing until it's done. Yeah. Like every time, every time he makes a trade, nobody expects it. Nobody even heard anything about it. It's like, so the guy knows how to manage you know, a program, a, a, an organization so that, you know, in this, I mean, th- these, these days, I mean, you look at guys get traded and they, they read about it themselves on Twitter before their, their organization even tells them. Yeah. You know, and, and you got this guy that, you know, I mean, he's no spring chicken. He's like pushing 80 years old yet somehow or another, he knows how to control the flow of information in, in this era where, you know, to quote the departed, this place has more leaks than the, the Iraqi Navy. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, it's sort of, um, it boggles the mind. But, yeah, I, I think that it, you know, getting back to the Bruins, this, this, these, this series of moves combined with getting at least one or two of these defensemen healthy. Yeah. You know, is... Um, is critical. Um, you know, I, I think that you, you know, I, I don't know if, you know, the other, if it gets to be a real push, you could always look at the waiver wire. If there's any defensemen out there, I don't know, you know, if that's something that they're going to have to worry about. The guy that worries me the most in terms of damage is Carlo. Yeah. You know, I, I, I hope that I hope to God that we aren't seeing another Mark Savard situation. With yeah. Him, you know, where maybe he came back too quick from the first concussion um, or it's just something got set off in him that, you know, hasn't that, that is going to it's just a problem. I, I, I hope that he comes back because I think that he was. He had the potential, I think, in, in terms of the type of game that he played to develop into a Chara-like presence. Yeah. A big, hard-hitting, really big physical guy 
that's got the good slap shot that can move the puck pretty well, doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Um, you know, the, to me, getting the, the two that you need back most are him and McAvoy to me. Yeah. Because that's your top pairing. Yeah. And then you can mix and match with the other guys. I mean, Lausanne, Zaboro, they're rookies. They don't look awful. Um, but please, we can't do anything with guys like Tenor. I mean, Ashan is not ready. Is clearly not ready. Oh no, he's he's he still needs a couple, at least another season or two in Providence. Although I did like, I noticed that he got power play time, and he's a good passer. Yeah, like he hand, like he he's he's got good hands. I, I noticed that, and like they get, you know, um, he made a couple of really nice feeds. So I, I think he's got some potential, but he's not ready yet. Um, and, and to, to expose him at this point in time is just, it's not fair to him and it's not going to do the organization any good. And Tenorti and Camper are in baseball terms, they're quadruple A. Yeah. They're not, you know, Camper is what he is. You know, Tenorti is an AHL player. Well, Camper is like on his third time around with the Bruins, I think. Yeah. I mean, He's, but he's he's been bounced around the league a lot too. I mean, he's been with the Rangers. He's been he's been a lot of places. I think in Tampa too. Yep, maybe so, in Tampa. You know, in, in terms of you know, and and somebody. Oh, what about John Moore? Yeah, no. I mean, the best thing oh. he could have done was get the surgery. Yeah, I forgot I about him. I, and you know what? The, what makes no sense is he's one of those guys. He used to be good. Yeah, he used to be really good. I mean, his game just went right down the toilet and like nothing flat. So uh, I don't, you know, but I, yeah, they, they need to get those guys healthy. And then I'll, I'll live with one of the kids in the is in net if we have to, because we're going to have to anyway. Yeah. Eventually. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I have, so, a, it's going to be, it's, it's going to wind up being Swayman no matter what. What do you think about the lines? Would you do anything different from what I recommended or you think that's the way you'd go no that's the way i would go yeah but i would probably move uh frederick up to the third line and move the brust down to the fourth line because he's 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 a fourth line guy now yeah and you know what the more i think about it the more i agree with you on that because like i said the you know what was it the 11 12 13 line put that back together because those guys played well together oh thornton who was it? They got juxtaposed a lot yeah. because of the injuries. Yeah. But I think if they're, you know, I'd say put them back together and leave them together. And DeBrusque, if he doesn't like playing on the fourth line, then too bad. Yeah. He's so, not, you know, yeah. There's other guys. That, Tortorella, it's what happens when you don't play well. Yeah. No, there are other guys that would be happy to move into the lineup. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean... You know, it's just, you know, I don't, and again, I don't know what happened to his game. I don't know if it was a case of he had that one good year and the league adjusted to him, or he was just never that good to begin with and got lucky. I mean, we've seen that before, we've seen that before too. That yeah. That was close. That was very close. Um, the cat jumped up on the desk and almost knocked my wine over. Oh, nice. Brilliant. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think he's a, uh, you know, I don't, 
I don't think he was the answer. I don't think he ever was going to be the answer. No. Um, I don't know what kind of, didn't they give him a pretty hefty contract too? I think they did, but I and I saw today while I was watching all the trade deadline shows that he's he's a he's a free agent this year at the end of the summer. Really? I think so. I think that's what I saw. Is he RF or RF? I think restricted. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Maybe the Rangers will offer sheet will offer sheet him. Yeah. <laughs> No, they're 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 not that stupid because it seems like that they've got things going. Things are pretty good over there. As they're, far as far as their bad. goal, as far as their goaltending goes, their defense goes, and their um, and the forwards. I I'm I'm kind of surprised. What, I watched a game. I watched I watched a couple of games. And remember that night we were kind of getting frustrated because Pierre LeBron kept just yammering on about Adam Fox. Oh yeah. He's not wrong. No, he's not. That guy is a stud. That guy is a bona fide stud. I mean, he, he's, he, he is, you know, he, he's, he's, and if he gets his offensive, if he really gets his offensive game together, that guy is a, that guy is a, yeah. he, he's unbelievable. I mean, he's, and you just watch the way he plays. He's smart. Yeah. It's not just the fact that he's got the physical ability and he's a good skater or whatever. He knows where to be. He knows how to play the angles. He knows he, you know, he's able to think. He actually think he's, you know, you could tell he's thinking three steps ahead. Yeah. I mean, I watched him, man. Like the guy was everywhere. I mean, he's, He's going to get a big, he's going to get a nice, big, fat payday very soon. Oh, yeah. And I, and I don't think that the Rangers, the way that they're currently constituted, are going to make a mistake with that. No. They just you know, need a new coach. I mean, and he's a good story for them, too. Yeah. Because he's from, he's from Long Island, and he grew up a Rangers fan. Oh, that's good. So, I mean, you know, the, the, that's a big thing with the, you know, the, fan, the fan base is going to love him or whatever, but... Yeah, I watched the game. I'm like, this guy is really that good. I mean, Pierre Pierre Maguire was running his mouth, and we were getting frustrated listening to him. You know, go Adam Fox, Adam Fox, Adam Fox. I actually got the opportunity to watch a game without having to listen to Pierre Maguire, whom I can't stand, by the way. Yeah, um, he's, just, he's hideous. He's just, he's just hideous. I mean, you know, I I don't know. You know, I don't really care. You know, it's like this guy played his college hockey there, and this one played his college hockey there. And this is like, you're not telling me anything that's really useful about the guy's game. Just yeah. go away. But True. that night, I, and I was like, and I remember texted you. I'm like, will he just shut up about this guy? <laughs> yeah. And you said, I think you said, if I hear him say Adam Fox one more time, I'm going to barf. <laughs> yeah, I think so. But in his defense, he's not wrong about how good he is. No, he's not. No, so no, they're they're going to be a they're going to be tough. You know what they're and you know what they are right even right now, they're fun to watch. Yeah. Oh yeah, fun to watch. You know, especially now that Zabanejad all of a sudden found his game again. Yeah. What is it with some of these guys? By the way, it's like it happens to all of them. Like Pasternak's got the same problem. It's like. They, where, where do you, do, you, do you leave his game in, in, in the car someplace? Is it like, you know, is it, do you leave it in the trunk? No, I think he, I think he left it in Lake Tahoe. <laughs> <laughs> I 
because that's mean, the last time I remembered him scoring. I went. I went to the. I went to Stu Leonard yesterday. I saw him on the milk carton. Yeah. I mean, you know, but the thing with a guy like the thing with those guys is, is it, a guy like Zabanajad or or even Pasternak or any of the great, even Hall. And yeah. this is what you probably hope happens with Hall. Yeah. It's like all of a sudden, bang, here it is. And they score like seven goals in 10 games. Yeah. Or some ridiculous streak like that. I mean, I remember when, when Marshawn was, was, was struggling last year and he, he, he I remember, I think he tweeted um, a, a missing poster for his hands. Yes. Yes. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you know, we'll reward if you find them. <laughs> yeah. Now, here's the thing I thought about earlier. Now, if Hall and Krejci really get to get really get together here, really put on, you know, start scoring and everything else, you 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 give Hall a contract. Now, do you give Krejci a contract? This way, <laughs> this way, Krejci it, gets that line mate that he's been wanting. Mm-hmm. This way, you know, if the two guys are together and they really, you know, light a fire under the two, and it lights a fire you know under what? the two of them. <laughs> I was literally thinking about this exact point this afternoon. I'm like, all right, so they got Hall, and that's legitimately what they needed. They needed a, a bona fide NHL wing for Krejci, and what do you do now? So, okay, let's say they they put it together and they yeah. just run off and the next thing you know they're scoring goals and butt in by the bushel and they're going on the power play and they're scoring goals by the bushel you probably you're gonna have the cap room to sign both of them yeah because i don't think Krejci will cost you that much anymore i don't think he will i don't think he'll cost you that much anymore um and you know here, here comes the other decision Let's say you go on a run and you go deep into the playoffs and those guys produce, but you don't win the cup. Do you take another stab at it with this bunch next year? Hmm. Right. Yeah. That's because to me, really, if you're going to make those types of decisions, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. But to, but to the bigger point, you're absolutely right. If does it, if it works and it gels and both guys are productive again and, and whatever, then do you try it for a couple more years? Do you go and you give Krejci another two or three year contract? Yeah. Paul already said he'd be open to signing here. Yeah. I don't know how much, and I don't think he's going to cost that much. Um, and they do, they are going to have some cap space. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, I don't think, they could probably – I read something that said if they wanted to give them a, an extension right now, they could. I don't know if they're going to go that way. I, I think it would be foolish to go that way. I think he's got to play for the contract. Yeah. And I think whatever contract he's going to get from the Bruins or anybody else is going to be dictated about what he does between now and whenever the playoff run ends. So, I, I yeah, I, I thought about that exact point you know, today, because it's like that getting him changes a lot. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. It really does. And it changes a lot in terms of, you know, he's already, he's openly said he's open to signing here. Yeah. That's going to be good. Plus. Yeah. 
But yeah. do you, if you sign him, what do you do with Krejci if it works? Because I've been, you and I have been on the, of the mind that it's time to go. Yeah. And it still might be. Yeah, it might be. Yeah. It still might be. If it doesn't work, I mean, if it doesn't work and they don't get going, you've got a couple of different options you could put to center that line. Because I yeah. don't think Richie's the problem on that line. No. You know, I think you have a couple of different options. Hell, if you wanted to, you could even take a stab at having Frederick center that line because he's a natural center. So is Stanika, too. So Stanika. Yeah, Stanika is the natural center, and he's they. I didn't realize that they sent him back down to Providence. Well, I don't get why. Yeah. I mean, why wasn't he playing when, you know, what were they playing instead? Bjork was a healthy scratch for, like, most of his career. Yeah. Well, she did most, not most of his career, but most of the past few games. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would, you know, you, you have to mix and match. I mean, you, you have to see what's going to work. I mean, Krejci, if you look at his stats, it hasn't been God awful. Yeah. I mean, he's still getting his points. It's just not showing up, I guess, in the way that you'd like to see it show up. But, you know, and the, like I said, it's been it's been him in a revolving door of trash cans. Yeah, exactly. So Paul hopefully won't be continuing the trend. Yeah. I, I I'm I'm I have to, I'm psyched about this trade. Yeah, so am I. My gut my gut feeling is that they're going to get a lot out of it. Yeah. All right. Hey, th- Lance. Thanks a lot for joining me and sh- hey. such such oh, short notice. Hey, but no, no, I I have to, I have to say I have to say. I did half expect you to ask me today. Yeah. Because there's a lot to unpack here. Oh, so yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't surprised. I'm, I almost, when you, when you asked me, I almost asked, I almost texted you back, what the bleep took you so long? <laughs> I was, but, I was, I was busy this afternoon. Yeah. You were busy. It's your, it, it's your anniversary. You can't gooch that up, you know? Yeah. I can't. I can't really can't. You got you to be there for that. So. Hey, hey, after 19 years, I better not. Yeah, man. Happy anniversary, like, brother. Thank you. Yeah, thanks again for joining me, Lance. It's always a pleasure. It's always fun. Always an honor, my friend. Okay, I'll catch you later. Yep, talk soon. All right, bye. This show is available on all your favorite streaming platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. You can also find us at at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. And if you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Thanks for listening. Have a great week and go Bruins. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.